Hey guys and girls, welcome back to Behind the Desk, the podcast all about my time working in a recording studio, as well as a record label and a bunch of other stuff. But that wouldn't be as good as a slogan if I said that at the start of every episode, so we'll just stick with recording studio. How are you all coping with lockdown? I am personally getting really bored and fed up of it now. Like, I only work two days a week in Loft, and the other days just consist of a lot of Pokemon and watching Netflix. But one day I had enough of not doing anything meaningful and productive. So I started practicing my mixing skills. I got a bunch of stems from online and I've just been working on my mixing skills. And this process got me thinking, what skills do you actually need before you start mixing? Which led on to the other question, uh, what skills do you actually need before going into a recording studio? I know it's a question that I asked at my interview and I kind of wanted to prepare before I started working at Loft. So today I want to share with you some skills I think would be useful for you to have or at least know about before you start working at a recording studio. But before I get into it, if you have any questions about anything on today's show, then you can message me at Wellesley Media on Facebook and Instagram. So, I'm not entirely sure how to order these skills. I wouldn't prioritize one over the other. And I'm not saying you have to do all of these. You know, you don't have to practice every single one of them. But just practicing one or two will definitely make you feel more prepared for whatever happens at your studio. And I think one skill I wish I'd practiced beforehand is mastering. Now, I don't think I need to reiterate too hard that mastering is an important element of any track because the way I see mastering it does two things one it makes the track sound bright and loud enough for the listener to hear and two mastering is basically trying to make the track or song sound good on any speakers not just your studio speakers or your fancy closed back headphones or open back headphones no every speaker and every listening device And it's a hard process to do. There is a lot of techniques to learn and processing processing chains you can follow, but learning the basics will help you in a lot of projects. Even if it's just as simple as compression, EQ, and then a limiter, it's still better than nothing. I can name a dozen tracks I've worked on and I've had to do some quick mastering processing on it because if I didn't, the client would complain that why the track is so quiet. And that makes more work for me and for you. So it's better to know about mastering and do a little bit of mastering before they come back and complain you have to spend more time on a project. The next thing I think would really help before you enter the world of working in this kind of job is learning a collection of plugins like really well. And I don't mean just learn FabFilter plugins or Chris Lord Algae series. I mean learn different types of processing plugins like EQ, compression, limiting, saturation, distortion, reverb, delay, and anything else that falls into that category. Just learn how to use a group of different processing plugins really well. Because when you get into a studio who uses a different set of plugins, you might not know how to use the exact plugins, but you'll have a general gist of it and you'll be able to pick it up 
really quickly. But I suppose if you're listening to this podcast, you'll kind of be doing this anyway. But I thought it was a good thing to mention, just to give another reason to practice mixing and using plugins. Now, another skill I thought I should say, you can practice prior to the start of a job or a placement. If you're going to, if you're going the student university route like I have, is to learn about studio microphones. And I don't just mean learn the names, although that would be a good start. I mean, learn how the studio's microphones work. Like if it has cardioid polar patterns or if it's omni, what is the frequency response of the microphone? Because it might have a roll off at 10 kilohertz, which be a bad microphone for cymbals, for example. And just little things like that, so that when you do start using them, you kind of know what to expect from the microphone itself. I think that stuff is really useful to make a session run smoother and there is less fumbling about at the start. I remember one of the first times I recorded acoustic guitar at Loft and I had all these microphones and I was like, alright, what the hell do I use? So the day before I looked up the microphones we had and based on the knowledge of just condenser microphones and experience of recording guitars in the past, as well as asking John, the like senior engineer, I ended up using a pair of the SE condensers, which I think are clones of the AKG 414s, but I can't remember off the top of my head. But anyway, what I'm trying to say is, this is kind of useful stuff to know. It's kind of useful to know what equipment you're working with, similar to the, pu- similar to the plugins I suppose. Just, it just makes your job easier and faster. Plus, if you know more, then you can do more advanced things like complicated microphone techniques, which I think is always pretty cool. Now, this next skill might sound simple, but it's probably the best advice I can give, and that is learn the goddamn shortcuts to a DAW. If your studio, if the studio you're gonna work at uses Logic, learn Logic shortcuts. If it uses Cubase like mine does, learn Cubase shortcuts. If it uses Pro Tools, uh, I feel sorry for you, but learn the buttons, like combo combinations in a Mortal Kombat game, to do something as simple as split the track. Shortcuts will save you so much time, and it'll make your workflow so much faster, so much more faster and more efficient. But learning shortcuts can be really boring if you just read them off a page online. So what I'd recommend instead is whatever DAW you're working with at home, change the shortcuts of that DAW to the ones that match your studio. For example, Loft Loft primarily uses Cubase, but I use Reaper at home. So to practice the shortcuts in Cubase, I downloaded a key map to change the shortcuts in Reaper to match the ones in Cubase. I hope that makes sense. So now I use the same shortcuts at home as I do at work, so it's easier to work between the two DAWs. If I only had the same plugins, it would be an absolute bliss. But I'm a student and I can't afford Waves plugins. I can barely afford a Greg's. It doesn't stop me getting them though, especially the muffins. But I'm getting sidetracked here. So, there is just some of the skills I think you should learn or get an idea about before you start working as a studio engineer. Whether you're going to be more of a recording engineer, maybe practice the microphone techniques. If you're going to be more of a mastering engineer, maybe practice mastering skills in general. 
even if you just practice a few of these before you start any job in a recording studio, I'm sure you'll feel more prepared for the projects you'll work on in the future. And that's it from me today. If you have any questions, then you can message me at Wellesley Media. Thank you for listening to today's show. I've been John, and I'll see you next time.